Hey, podcasters. Welcome to Amassed Community Talks, where a Amassed founder and CEO, Boaz Gillid, speaks with business professionals each week who inspire growth and change in their industry. Amassed Community Talks is sponsored by Amassed, the go-to wholesale marketplace connecting the construction industry with local suppliers. Check us out on amassed.com. Hey, you're on. I am? Okay, good. Can you hear me all right? Great. So uh, thanks for being with us. That's very exciting for us. Uh, We really appreciate it. Where where am I catching you? Uh, At home. Uh, Okay, where's the home? Tell uh, the rest of the people. Okay, Uh, San Francisco. Yeah. Oh, very yeah, cool. Yeah. Excellent. Exciting. Yeah. Uh, so again, thanks for finding uh, the time to speak with us. And I appreciate uh, Bram for the help. Also, um, I'll give you a little background about uh, Amass if you got a chance. I know you spoke with uh, Bram, but I really want to hear with you the idea behind the Instagram Live is that, that we take this material, we keep on using it on different social media, whether it's Twitter, Instagram, et cetera, LinkedIn, is to um, expose expose people to a different way of looking at construction and material. Mm-hmm. Uh, I myself, as the CEO of Amass, uh, has 20 years of uh, con- development experience. And one of the things I found is that it's a very, um, I think the best way to say it, I think used in the past, is that it's a lonely industry. Uh, people, especially the typical contractor, not people who are very high end, mm-hmm. they use the same material, the, the same uh, patterns again and again, because that's what they know. And one of the commitment that uh, Amassed has as a marketplace for construction material is to expose people to different way of thinking, to different material, different way of doing work, so they can broaden their ability and they get better. If, it, if it's environmentally better, if it's uh, you know, work-wise, saving time, saving money, et cetera. Mm-hmm. So, um, so Laurie, why don't you tell people a little bit uh, okay. who you are, what's your okay. experience, anything. Okay. All right. Um, well, I'm a retired uh, architect now. I worked for uh, the past uh, 31 years, four months, and three days for uh, Gensler uh, in San Francisco. Though during my time at Gensler, I worked in multiple offices, Seattle, Los Angeles, and I did projects uh, abroad in, uh, in uh, Shanghai and Beijing, Taiwan. That's a huge job. Uh, Bangkok. It's a huge firm. Whoever doesn't know. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, when I started, it was a small firm of about 400 plus people. And now it's... Small uh, firm, yeah. Yeah, now it's yeah. about six. I don't, I, you lose count. It's, uh, it was between yeah. five and 6,000 people with 40-something offices. Uh, though in the past year, obviously, uh, like many firms, it's uh, downsized a bit. Yeah. And... Um, why why interesting because so I'm, we'll see how the conversation is going to go but yeah um why would someone use such a large uh architectural firm uh just well, from your experience for being there for so long yeah well um initially it's because uh, well it's because of the reputation uh it's because of we were many locations so large corporations like to have a company that was located in multiple cities or could work globally and they weren't a slave to a particular location or a particular time zone. Uh, and that, you know, that kind of uh, helped us a lot. Yeah. 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 And um, uh, how would you, looking back, you have such a, a broad uh, uh, exposure to how things have, how would you say things have changed from the time you started till you retired or uh, even now? Oh. 
Well, they, yeah. they changed radically during all my entire work career because I literally, you know, started working with, you know, uh, paper and pencil and paper and uh, yeah. saw the whole uh, evolution of um, integration of uh, computers and now, you know, computer modeling and uh, technology, uh, which is now uh, everywhere. And, uh, and it's, it's great. I mean, it's gotten, uh, initially it was, uh, it was interesting. Initially it was a barrier. Only the largest firms really could afford the technology because it was so expensive. And yeah, now, for years, for, yeah. for years, I remember my mom had the tilted table in our, in her bedroom yeah. that she has to like roll the oh, roller yeah. up and, down and change, you know, blueprints on it because she oh, was, yeah. you know, her Exactly, exactly, yeah. Yeah, so yeah. now, yeah, so uh, now everything's digital and everything's relatively inexpensive, which is great because now, I mean, now a, a small two or three person firm can put together a proposal and uh, when it lands on a client's desk, it could, you know, it could look as good or uh, better than anything that a, a thousand person firm could put together. So yeah. the thousand person what, what would you say um, working on those things? Yeah. Yeah. So from the contractor perspective of the client, whether it's a developer or uh, yeah. whomever is hiring the architect, what would you say is the biggest shift in the last 10 years uh, in, um, in the world of architect? I, well, I think work? The, the, probably the biggest shift is from the traditional uh, siloed approach of the architect, the contractor, the developer, everybody uh, being uh, kind of a separate entity, uh, now they're more joint venture. Everything's integrated. Uh, the, when I first started out of school, the idea of, you know, getting bids and opening bids, physically opening bids and announcing them in a room and uh, was uh, the traditional approach. And uh, I would say that probably through most of my the last few decades, uh, the the contractor is on board, uh, or a you know, or the contractors are interviewed uh, before the uh, design at the very even probably before the design process begins. Really, and I think that because you were I my success has been that I've worked so closely with contractors and as a detailer, uh, it's been great because you learn from them and then your documentation is relevant you know that if you separate things if you finish an entire set of cds and then you randomly send it out to a bunch of contractors uh they all have different abilities as well and they're all going to look at the exact same detail and have a different interpretation of it so it's definitely the the collaborative nature uh, which i've been working with for decades is now the norm and uh but they with the probably towards the end of my career, the biggest shift is uh, that there's no, there's no hierarchy. It's, it's very lateral that the, the yeah. owner, the contractor, the developer, the architect, the designer, all the consultants tend to work uh, more laterally than uh, hierarchically, which uh, yeah. uh, makes for a much better product. Yeah. Hmm. You know, it's interesting because one of the, I think the major reason why uh, I started Amassed and we, you know, we, we, we're trying to bring transparency and more integrity to an industry that from my experience as a residential developer in New York City mm -hmm. uh, ha has very little of that, very little transparency, very little integrity, and still mm -hmm. in the small scale 
buildings and the yeah. up to I would say 60, 80 unit non-union jobs. Yeah. Uh, it's you buy from the same contract, you say yeah. the same lumber yards or the same yeah. plumbing supply. If you're a plumber, yeah. uh, you don't get opportunity to expose yourself to new material and new opportunities mm-hmm. from buying who's giving you better service or better price. Mm-hmm. Et cetera. It's actually interesting uh, that you're saying that as time progressed and technology was brought to the space, there was more integration, there was more, uh, uh, more of a kind of democratic experience in the process and mm-hmm. partnership. Yes. So I hope it's trickled down because yes. in the material world, we're, we're new. And uh, many, mm-hmm. many people I speak with and I say, hey, uh, join a mass uh, and you can expose yourself to other, other opportunities to buy material and then try different things. They like the idea, but yes. they're not there mentally. Yet. They don't understand yeah. that the world is going that direction. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, well, I, you know, I could say that a lot of, uh, a lot of architects and designers uh, throughout their career, uh, it's basically built on often a palette of materials that they have used and they're most familiar with. And you can look at many you know, named designers and you can sometimes recognize them by just looking at the building, the the interior material. And uh, the advantage to that is that you can spend years uh, developing those details and finding those details. You can modify the detail to meet the the installation. The the challenge with new materials is that uh, they're unproven. And, uh, and part of a refutation is the quality of your design and often the quality of how it holds up. So when there's this fabulous new material, you really want to use it, but uh, you have to convince uh, you know, the, the, the client that, and the contractor that it's unproven. And, uh, and they're, you know, which is, a, which is yeah. a big problem, right? It because then problem. you're basically killing innovation. Yeah, yeah. Right? Yeah. yeah. So you have to have the advantage. I, most of my career was in corporate interior. So at least we were limited in our exposure. I mean, obviously, you clad a building, and if the material fails, then you've got millions of square feet of product that's exposed. But if you put up a, a finish and it's exposed to the sun or it delaminates, uh, worst case scenario is you've got a room or an area that needs to be reworked. Uh, and that's sometimes a, a risk that a client is willing to take. And re- re- I've yeah. worked mostly commercial, but residential, um, residential, they're, they're generally on the high end, of course, they're more um, uh, acceptable of experimentation. And, uh, mm-hmm. and they generally aren't as budget conscious as uh, commercial clients. Yeah, I think I think the uh, higher end level because uh, as a developer again, uh, what ran many times the show is first of all the budget. Can I yeah. afford selling those units later on to right. someone for the price going to cost me? But also, uh, am I exposed to lawsuits if it's a condo building, etc.? So if I find a new innovative system with the insulation, water uh, resistant yeah. issues, or uh, you know, heating, cooling, et cetera, and it's not gonna work perfectly, I'm gonna have to deal with many lawsuits from buyers, and sometimes mm-hmm. it really kills the innovation. So that's kind of like a, a tug of war that is really out there right. uh, that you have yeah. to find a balance. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I believe that. I, I, what, yeah, I was ahead. gonna say that the, uh, the, the residential side is much more litigious than the commercial side, because basically you build a building and when you walk away from it, 
uh, as commercial side, you have the building owner, and then you have all the people who sublet from it. But if you're doing a residential development and you're selling individual units, you're walking away and suddenly there's, you know, 50 or 100 people and you're their target every time something goes wrong. So uh, it's been a, it's, it's, it's probably uh, been the biggest uh, deterrent to innovation on a, a residential yeah. side. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, so you, you're saying that technology and mainly computer, if I understood you correctly, made a, the biggest shift in your career. Uh, I think so, if yeah. you could, if you could jump ten years from now, oh. uh, and kind of be a future, exactly, futuristic. Oh, please. The reason I retired. So, so that, that it's perfect because then you don't yeah. have to worry about what you're going to say because uh, oh. it's just a prediction, right? Um, yeah, sure. So, what would you say is the next jump uh, from a uh, from a development, from a innovation perspective in the world of construction, in the world of development, real estate development? Yeah, well, from from the development side, I think that the what I just noticed the other day when I was driving across town is the, the post-COVID reinterpretation of the uh, commercial environment. Because oh, say more the, about that. That's fascinating. Well, well the, yeah. the last year is... You, you know, downtown is a ghost town, and yep. uh, New York is the same. And, correct. You know, it's like the you know the biggest buildings are all uh, virtually empty. I mean, there's there's very you know, uh, you know, very little people getting in and out of buildings. I mean, the logistics of just getting in and out of a building uh, involving elevators during COVID yep. is so a logistic nightmare. So I think it's going to be very different. Yeah. You think it's the death of skys uh, skyscrapers? Oh, no, 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 no. They're there. They'll always be there. The way they're used, the way they're, uh, the way they're used is going to be different, I believe. You know, uh, we saw a mini version of this, I think, uh, post 9-11 when, you know, people, you know, suddenly were able to, you know, they thought with the loss of the World Trade Center that suddenly there would be this big demand for commercial space. Well, within minutes, most of the buildings or the companies that had been in that center had co-located and they were up and running and it took years for the commercial uh, office building uh, market, even in New York, to regenerate. Well, now we have, you know, millions of square feet all over the world that are underutilized. And, and of course, all the, the, the commercial, small, you know, commercial businesses that's fed off of those invigorated downtowns, they're all going out of business or they're closed because there's nobody down there anymore. So, yeah, yeah. so there'll be a lot of subletting. We, we saw that back in 2000, San Francisco, 2000 after the, the what is it, the dot-com the, bubble. The bubble, yeah, exactly. Yeah, the bubble. It's like suddenly people who had, you know, built massive spaces at ridiculous rents and ridiculous uh, budgets were suddenly out of business. And so there was a huge growth industry in redesigning office spaces as they read because they had the lease, they had to sublet them. So everything we had designed before, not everything, but many of the spaces we had designed before, we were redesigning them for new clients because we were subletting the same space. So, uh, but I, I see that sort of, uh, here again is it you know people so the, the there, question, people will the always question, want to go to an office right people will always do you think so do you, do you believe that um people will uh whether it's going to take six months a year a vaccine whatever it is 
we're going to go back to traditional nine to five, five days a week in an office? Uh, no, no, not, not completely. Uh, but more than, you know, more, obviously, we're not doing it at all now. Yeah, but yeah. I think that, the, you know, people have always liked the idea of working from home. Um, and there was uh, a hesitancy to do it because they felt that it was disruptive. Now, everybody's working from home. They're Zooming nonstop. And mm -hmm. it's not, it's okay. But given the alternative, it should be, that should be the supplement. And because, uh, you know, and the office space, you know, just before uh, COVID was changing radically. I mean, there was very, and again, because rents were going up, spaces were more uh, limited. So we were, yep. workspace design was in analyzing how people worked and what was the best solution for it. And, uh, and with it, you know, like nobody has an assigned desk and nobody has an assigned phone. Everybody is mobile all the time. Well, that's why the, the shift to working at home actually went as well as it did because people were already halfway there. But going yeah. back to the office, there's still uh, no substitute for you know brainstorming in a room and getting yeah. all together and the firsthand contact. It's uh, that's still, uh, it's, you know, it's the reason I stayed with a large firm for so long is that I never wanted to lock myself in a room and just design by myself. I've always felt that the best work always comes from collaboration. And so yeah. I think we'll move back to that. But, but these the, the question also, now will, will change use. Yeah, the, the, the question is also, will people can be able to afford the crazy rents you see in the big cities if uh, my average employee shows up only three or three and a half days a week? Because I think there'll be much more uh, fluidity in the way you do your schedule. Right. So, it, uh, right. you know, so one of the reasons people go to work is because, uh, yes, the brainstorming and everything, but a lot of it is that we, I think, with with more of a social pressure to, I have to show up. I have to show my boss that I showed up. Uh, I think it's going no, it to be more effective uh, um, through technology and Zoom. Not everybody. I, but no, I think a lot of people were over that even before the COVID. That, uh, <laughs> I was very, uh, you know, uh, regimented in my work hours, but uh, I yeah. can't say that that's uh, universal. Because, uh, yes. you, you know, I always, you know, you know, came early, worked late, like most architects. But well, you're, uh, you're probably passionate about what you did, yes. and you also were uh, rigorous about what yeah. you did. And but the average middle, uh, lower middle management, not always. When you look at a company well, that has, yeah. you know, 150,000 employees, not everybody right, is, yeah. you know, has that commitment and that integrity you're talking right. about, right? So, yeah. So the the question will be: Will they be able to afford that rent? And if not. How would landlords, how will buildings that are very expensive to maintain, to to keep the land will uh, will be interesting. Um... I think the market will just have to adjust. I mean, it just it, it's like the rental market in San Francisco. There's a lot of talk about how the rents keep or going down, but uh, they they were overpriced, and uh, if the the market always finds the right price, so uh, the, the people who will suffer. Are the developers who developed a project with a target rent that they can't go below. You know, it's like the profits will be less, but people will still yeah, rent. Yeah. And uh, so I, I think that the, the, the markets will always kind of work themselves out, but the rents mm -hmm. will, because after, you know, 2000, the rents drop 
significantly, and it took many, many years for them to get back up uh, to those levels. And, uh, and it's, it's a, just a correction uh, in that respect. But beyond yeah. just the financial rent part of it, it's the usage of the space, which I think is going to be really interesting because people are going to have to rethink uh, how you use the office. You know? And I think that people are not going to need necessarily as much space as they had before. And uh, so they might, you know, they might take less space, but eventually maybe some of the, the rents will, will go back up. Up and down, because in the Bay Area, it was all. When you say use it, I just want to. What's that? Yeah, I want to understand. So, are you looking more of the kind of uh, share space mentality that we work of the world? You um, think that's the direction the from a design perspective, the world is going towards more flexible spaces? Uh, well, I think that those will be useful, uh, but I think that just the the flexibility will be, uh, still occur in traditional companies. You know, uh, you know that. Uh, but I don't, and for, for the, the startups, they'll, they'll probably go through the, the WeWork uh, phase, but I think ultimately uh, people like uh, to have an office, you know, and I don't think yeah. that offices will And a cubicle, some privacy, yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. 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 What, it will, what, the, what the, uh, the working at home thing is going to do, and since it's, and part, particularly because now it's so global, is it's going to um, open up new areas for development. You know, like obviously San Francisco, New York, the big cities, they may take a hit. But the second and third tier cities, which I thought back in like 2000 when everything was tech and it was going to be decentralized. And back then people couldn't find spaces in New York. So people would open a company in New York, but all of their, or in San Francisco, but all their staff was in Salt Lake City or was in Portland, yeah. Oregon. Yeah. And I think that that's going to be there. Maybe it's going to be some really great spaces in, you know, uh, suburban uh, old towns like you know in the Northeast, mill towns that have these great buildings, but they never really uh, made the transition from being a factory to being a, a trendy workspace. You know, it's it's yeah. you know so, so like the, the Williamsburg effect, but it goes to. Connecticut or to Vermont or outside of Boston. Yeah. So the next, the next uh, uh, epidemic will be a uh, hipstery. Uh, well, so yeah. We... Yeah. Well, there, yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 Uh, so you, you, you think that there's a possibility or probability that uh, we are going to see less of a magnet to San Francisco, LA, New York, the big cities, uh, and then Miami maybe, and then um, more of kind of the 30, 40, uh, small urban experiences in mid middle yeah. like Austin I, I, and other places yeah. like that. Yeah, well, I think that I yeah. think that's quite possible. Uh, I don't think the you know obviously the cities are not going to die, but I think they're not going to feel the pressure that they did uh, before the pandemic. You know the you know the 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 exodus because you know people people wanted to work a place but they couldn't afford to live there. So now they don't, and actually you can see that, you know, corporations are, are relocating from, mm -hmm. from, because they realize that it's, you know, they came to, they came to the Bay Area because of the venture capital and because of the, uh, the work staff was educated and very techy. Uh, but now people aren't uh, tied to 
to that as much anymore. To the yeah. geographic yeah. location. Yeah, their their flexibility is much greater. And so once he once you can, you know, travel again and get out and hang out in a cafe. I used to joke half the cafes in my neighborhood were before the pandemic were basically every desk was an office and uh, correct and that correct. was nice you know it's like you know the people who ran the cafes they should have charged rent for those tables as opposed to just you know people buy a, a very expensive cup of coffee and sit there for two hours you know that's cheap rent yeah yeah that's correct that's, okay. Lori, um sorry so one of the reasons i like a mass uh, the yeah. last day, the instagram live is because we, we 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 never know where the conversation is going to go. So right. uh, it was great to speak about the urban thing. I know I know from what I read a little bit that you actually specialize in uh, stairs. Yeah. Correct. Yep. Okay. And <laughs> yeah. Then you speak about elevators all the time. So uh, you know. Yeah. Uh, yeah. But, but, you know. I love stairs. Uh, it and it's just a kind of uh, I've always been fascinated with them. And uh, and at, at Gensler, I kind of accidentally fell into a niche where a friend of mine had trouble with one and asked me to help and it just snowballed and then more people asked. What's, what's the biggest challenge with stairs? What's that? It's just what's the, the biggest challenge with stairs? Well, I don't see any of them as big challenges. I think they're fascinating, but uh, yeah. they're intimidating to people because, you know, a lot of people, especially in corporate, it's like you, 90% of your work or more is a single floor and that's your spatial thing. And this is one of the few elements in any design that breaks through the envelope. And so you have to really think about uh, in terms of not the, the design, the... Oh, I think, how, did I lose you, the connection? Lori, can you hear me? Okay, yes. Sorry. Okay. There was a, there, there's a, some uh, internet connection problems. I don't know if it's with okay. you and me, but I missed the last sentence you said um, about the stairs. Okay, so um, it's the uh, it's the way that it's perceived experientially, and uh, and physically, there to me, there are the, the more interesting sculptural elements of any design. Uh, and I mostly dealt with monumental, which were the the higher end uh, you know, focus. And, uh, so you I, get, I love that. You get a chance. Yeah, did you get a chance to visit uh, uh, Goldman Sachs New York office, the new office they built by any chance? No, I, I think they've been there for. Okay. But I probably, if if I didn't see it, somebody probably sent me a photograph of it. Um, yeah, it is. I think it's one of the most beautiful <laughs> stairs yeah. I've ever seen in my life. Yeah. Is uh, it relatively new? It was actually. Yeah, I think I know. I yeah. think I know which one you're talking about. But it's uh, exactly what you're speaking about. There's an element of art and sculpture. Yeah. to the stairs that yeah. separating the lobby when you get into the fourth floor and you go into the Goldman Sachs offices, it's absolutely fascinating. Mm -hmm. uh, the, whoever was the, I don't know who the architect is, but it, it, it's a major artistic statement mm -hmm. by doing it. Yeah. Really cool. Yeah. Um, Lori, thank you. Yeah, okay. I really appreciate yeah. the time you okay. spent with us. Uh, okay. It's nothing but a pleasure to okay. pick your brain uh, on a Friday talk, afternoon. Didn't, didn't talk too much about materials, but, you know. Exactly, but who cares? You know, we, we okay. have a Sometimes, you know, it's uh, sometimes we speak about materials, sometimes we speak about, you know, how do we see the future of uh, architect and design? So that's part of the fun of having this conversation. I really appreciate it. We're going to uh, chop, edit uh, sections of it and send it to different social medias. Uh, okay. So I'm sure you're going to get some feedbacks from it. And again, thank you so much for your generous time. I'm looking forward to okay. keeping in touch. Yeah. Okay. Thank you so much. Bye. Okay. Take care, everybody. Thank you so much. Okay. Bye. Bye.